On this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock, Jess talked about Reddit ads becoming usable again. And Greg gave out some scary SERP stats. Oh, and surprise, surprise, Jess talked about cats. <laughs> and Greg excluded everyone interested in adult business memes. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. We record live every Friday from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Join us each week for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Budd. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here on January 25th, 2019. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news shows live without a net on YouTube in the mornings each and every Friday, or you can consume us at your leisure with your favorite podcasting player. And remember, you can follow along with us in our show notes. Just head over to marketingoclock.com for all the links from today's show. First up from this week's digital marketing news, an article from Spark Toro. Rand Fishkin over at Spark Toro did a little collab, as the kids call it, with Jumpshot and pulled some data and created an article called Google's European Monopoly and Shrinking Click-Through Opportunities. While the title said Europe, this was really a nice look at Google in general. And the argument was about Google being a monopoly. And, and to me, I think the scarier thing was what the data actually showed. And a few different points that I'll pull out from here is that Google properties combined for 93.4% of all U.S. searches and 96.1% of search in the EU and the U.K. That's a lot. That's almost 100 because I do the math here. Those are high percentages. I might have to check your math, <laughs> carry the zero, <laughs> carry the one, <laughs> make sure it works. But another really interesting aspect of this article was breaking down and looking at organic click data versus paid click data versus non-click data. You may recall a few months back, they looked at and analyzed some of that non-click data. But the and in, in they compared 2016 with 2018. And in 2016, the organic click-through rate was 62.7% in the U.S. for desktop. And it went from 62 down to 604 in, in 2018. Now, the other thing that was really interesting is paid went from, in 2018, from 6% 6 in 2016 down to 4.6% in 2018, but mobile is where the information was really, really interesting, where paid clicks on mobile in 2016 made up 3.9% of all of those clicks that occurred on Google. And in 2018, that number jumped up to 8.9%. It insane. more than doubled, which is crazy. And I, I had a little note there, oh, jeepers, <laughs> that we went up to 9% on mobile is coming on those paid listings. And again, that's US only. There's a ton more information. Go check it out and look yourself to, to, to see that. And then if you are studying close at home, you're noticing some of my numbers don't add up. I can't say everything here, but <laughs> there's a bunch of non-click data and, and all that as well. So look at it. It's really interesting. And just did you ever watch the show on ESPN called The Sports Reporters? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, no. So it's such a big sportster that you are. <laughs> On the show, it's a bunch of like crotchety old sports reporters and they'd go through and I'll have these little 
back and forth. And at the end, they get to this one parting shot. And it was, it was like, you know, like Bob Ryan from the Boston Globe would have a blazing hot take before hot takes were even invented. <laughs> and I just th- thought of this with the final sentence that Rand had on this article where he said, this data paints a stark narrative. Google is a monopoly in at least search and browser market share. It uses its monopoly power to gain advantages in numerous other areas, video results, maps, local results, shopping results, etc. And while SEO and PPC remain powerful channels, the former, organic search, is being slowly cannibalized around the world, yielding more monetization and data gathering value for Google and less for everyone else. So I thought that was like uh, Jimmy Buffett dropping the mic after that Saints game there. Huh? Just bring it full sports circle. <laughs> Jimmy Buffett doesn't play sports. He sings at sports. He does? Yeah. Drops does he mics. do like the Margaritaville song? That's I think like right. the anthem and stuff. Oh. Well, he should just open the games with Margaritaville. <laughs> that might be better. I feel like alcohol some sales people, would go up. Some people might be upset about that, but hey. Do both. Keep everybody happy. Okay. Nobody can complain about that. <laughs> so I something else that I thought was interesting in this article, just a little side tidbit, was that it noted that people in Europe want alternatives to Google, which is funny because eh, they're not behaving as such because they're using Google more than we are here in the U.S. But that's just that kind of blew my mind because that's something I never even think about here. Like I just if I want to search something, I'm on Google. Oh, Google. I thought you were going to say Bing. No, no, no. Okay. No, no, no. I appreciate Bing. I use it as a digital marketer for advertising. There's a lot of good opportunities there. I don't discount the fact that it exists, but I'm never like in my personal life out there searching and being on Google and like, you know, I really wish I had an alternative search engine. I never think that. And it, it's crazy to me that apparently that's a trend in Europe enough to talk about. Just a side note. Okay. Next up. Strap in. LinkedIn's interest targeting lets advertisers target ads based on a user's professional interests. This is really exciting. This is a quote from the article. The interest targeting feature will allow advertisers to reach audience members who in, who have interacted with content on topics like AI, customer experience, and more. And those are just a couple of examples, but they are going to have over 200 topics now available for targeting. So this is great. I love having more options. This is actually a really, really decent targeting option. I feel like it's going to help LinkedIn advertisers a lot. And uh, they did cite that early people that had early access to this were getting increased click-through rates using this targeting versus some of their other um, targeting methods. And one advertiser saw a lift as big as 25% in click-through rate, which is probably pretty stellar compared to some of the things that we might see, but you never know. So I think that's a really awesome new targeting feature that is coming and is rolling out to everyone this week. One feature that I'd really like to exclude is to be able to exclude interests. And I want to exclude, we'll call it <laughs> folks that like those dopey adult business memes. <laughs> do, do you ever, you, you don't use LinkedIn a ton. No, I don't. Whenever I go on LinkedIn, it's people and there's some uh, business meme about a glass of water and how it's people look at it different. I, I don't know. I, I don't like those memes. I don't like those adult business memes. I don't want to exclude them. They're never, they're never the people that I want are people resharing adult business memes. Or ABMs. ABMs. That should have I, a yes, name. Yeah, it does ABMs. now. <laughs> and I was just looking through LinkedIn's listings. They had a, a blog post and you could go through and, and take a, take a gander at those listings. And there, it was really funny, you know, when you're doing something on and Facebook's ads manager for Facebook or Instagram, you can target things like NBA memes or like sad core or something like that. 
<laughs> but on LinkedIn, it's like your options are family and personal relationships. And another one is financial crime prevention. <laughs> and it's like, oh, this is this is a nice change of pace, I guess. <laughs> those are my favorite thing. I'm really into those things, I guess. Yes, family and personal relationships. <laughs> those are good. All right. So next up, and, and before I get to the next news section, I just realized on the previous version, we, again, we're, we're here doing it Bill O'Reilly every Friday, doing mm-hmm. it live. And I switched the data um, for the desktop searches from that Spark Toro jump shot. Mm. Um, it is It went from 4.6% paid on desktop in 2016, and it, again, increased all the way up to 6% of clicks in 2018. So those are increases across the board for all of those paid listings. Sorry that I got it twisted there. Um, and on to the next story. It comes from Unbounce, and it is called Think Fast, the 2019 Page Speed Report, Stats and Trends for Marketers. Hey, Jess. Hey, Greg. This just in. <laughs> Speed matters. What? <laughs> I have no idea. That's what the survey says. <laughs> it's actually really well done. There's a lot of, of stats in there. And there's a couple of kind of key takeaways from it. Check it out yourself. There's, again, great visuals and all that. But nearly 70% of consumers admit that page speed impacts their willingness to buy from an online retailer. Obviously. (laughs) And 85% of participants' landing pages were lower than Google's recommended landing page load time of five seconds or less. And that's at a 3G connection. Um, And that's not good news. Five seconds is a really long time. In internet time. So if you, I mean, that seems crazy that that's even their recommendation. Yeah. Internet time, it's like one and a half human time. Yeah. That's like, let's just soak that in for a second. Five seconds is a really long time. Yes. Yes. And again, that was on 3G. So you are mobile and you might be like, hey, whatever. There's also some interesting stats that a lot of people didn't blame the site itself. They blamed their connection, which is kind of cool. Again, really good article. One thing I liked from this is that Android users are more patient than iOS users. Uh, Of those that would wait one to three seconds for a page to load, 64% were iOS users, that they would only wait one to three seconds, while 38% were Android users. So iOS folks are a little bit more impatient. And also, East Coasters are much more more impatient. Yes, they're less likely to buy than those West Coasting surfer bros out there that uh, take the time to soak in the sun while we're sitting there <laughs> freezing. Uh, we, we don't have enough time to make that sale. So um, again, East Coasters are less likely to, to purchase on slow sites. And again, a lot more great information in the article. Wow. That's actually really interesting stuff. I, I can imagine people in the South too, because they, they take their leisurely time with things. I always love going down South and everybody's just so nice and they just, they take their time. And I feel like the impatient northerner that's just going down there and, and ruining their time. So I bet they they don't mind either. They're probably like the West Coasters. Something else that I thought was interesting, <laughs> not interesting, I guess funny in this article, it says web pages don't have loading bars. So when a page is slow, the visitor doesn't know if the delay will be another 500 milliseconds or 15 seconds. Maybe it will never load. And the back <laughs> button's right there. <laughs> I laughed at that too. It's never going to load. Yeah, right? it's <laughs> what are you doing? You're sitting there and you're like, oh man. Haven't you had that moment though? I'm just like, forget it. It's not loading. I have. When you're trying to buy something, you're yeah. like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah no. It's usually I'm, not landing page based. Well, landing page based. I'm a little. I'm I'm like those northern eastern northerner um, <laughs> non-surfer bros. 
Fair enough. I need it to load, to load quick. Well, I think we should have loading bars for everybody. That's my 2019 initiative. Everyone gets a loading bar so you know exactly when your content is coming. <laughs> I love the anticipation. <laughs> I concur. <laughs> no, it's not a good idea. Nobody do it. What you should do, though, is pay attention if you're advertising on Reddit. There are big changes coming on Monday, and this got us really excited when we read about it here because we use Reddit for some of our clients, and there are some big, important, exciting changes. Jess, that was a perfect opportunity not to say read about it here, but read it here. Oh, man. All for one. You win. (laughs) (laughs) One joke for Greg. (laughs) So (laughs) when we read it, there, I'll use it again. When we read it, this is what it said. They are making changes to provide more bidding options to help you meet your goals. Here's what's coming. An app install objective, which will help you optimize for mobile app installs. You can pay for pay-per-click on that objective. Bid awareness and reach bid updates are coming. Ad groups associated with brand awareness and reach objectives will now require a minimum bid of $5. So if that's something that you're using, pay attention, might need to raise your bids. And my personal favorite, cost per click bidding is coming. No more being forced into CPM. If you have a traffic or conversion objective, you can now choose to pay per click. And in my notes, I just wrote, yay, with like a ton of whys, because that's awesome. Yeah. And and not surprising that people don't like CPM. And Reddit ads used to have uh, the ability to bid on a per click basis. And now they're rolling it back. And again, Reddit, you're going to learn a little more when when we keep going through. But ad innovation is great. (laughs) And marketers, advertisers love innovation and just rolling it to just a straight CPM option sucks. So thanks for rolling Mm. that back. And again, I thought that it's now a better headline for this instead of upcoming updates to the Reddit ads platform might be, hey, we made it usable again. (laughs) Reddit ads were usable again, folks. So check that out. Come back. Okay. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. Pew, 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 pew. Okay, the first article is from Amazon, Amazon's advertising blog, and the title of the article is Introducing New to Brand Metrics for Advertisers Who Sell on Amazon. So advertisers now have the tools that they need to estimate the cost of acquiring new customers, according to Amazon. They can identify the most efficient channels and tactics to achieve their campaign goals thanks to a new set of metrics called new to brand. (laughs) And what you will be able to see here is total new to brand purchases and sales, new to brand purchase rate, and cost per new to brand customer. So basically, if somebody wasn't searching for you specifically, hasn't seen your brand, there's a new set of metrics to say, here's what it is to attract a new customer hypothetically. Because it, again, is still all on Amazon. And you have no idea <laughs> if they are really new to brand or not um, off of Amazon. Fair enough. I'm loving all the news this week because it's mostly about, not mostly, but there's a lot about new features for advertisers. And uh, Cura is on that list as well. They have, they're giving us some new toys. They announced a couple new features. Custom conversions. That's nice. Custom conversions. Like what? So instead of just having one conversion, now you can set up several conversions and they can be different. (laughs) They are custom conversions, kind of like what you would have in like Facebook ads or something like that. I mean, I just 
that's wonderful. I know. And, and I, I, I always see news of, of some something like Twitter stole somebody from an ad over at Pinterest. Somebody needs to steal Kiora's <laughs> entire team. That innovation lab we talked about a yes. few weeks back. It's amazing. It's amazing. They're doing some really good stuff. So on top of the custom conversions, they're also adding keyword targeting. This is pretty cool too. You can target keywords. You don't have to target specific questions anymore. If the question and the answers are related to a specific keyword that you're targeting, you can now target that even if it's not actually, the keyword isn't actually in the question. So that's huge. It's huge. Nice. And I am going to go answer some Cura questions out there right now. I'm going to go look and see if there's any questions for what's the most innovative ad platform. I'm just going to go answer them. It's Cura. You're on it. You're on it, folks. (laughs) Stay here. (laughs) Next up, Google tells some advertisers that it will handle their campaign management. And I believe Aaron Levy on Twitter had seen this and Ginny Marvin reported over at Search Engine Land. And the message was, we'll focus on your campaigns so you can focus on your business. And that Google will automatically, and I believe it's a seven-day period, that if an advertiser doesn't opt out, Google will be able to automatically optimize your Google Ads accounts for you. And just one little quick message here for Google. Uh, Me focusing on my business is me focusing to click that off so that you are not doing my advertising for me (laughs) because we all know how great AdWords Express and all the other Google platforms are are that are completely automated this is a terrible idea there was something from a google spokesperson that said our sales teams are always looking for ways to help customers get the best results from google ads we are rolling out a pilot program that we believe will help businesses optimize their accounts as always we build customer feedback into the final product customers are in full control of the account and can accept or reject recommendations as they desire to me this should be opt-in Mm-hmm. This should not be opt out. Mm-hmm. That is dangerous. Yeah. So if you haven't checked your Google Ads account in a while, you might want to check that and make sure you haven't that you're not going to be auto opted opted into this program. Yeah. But if you haven't checked your Google Ads account in a while, what are you even doing? Well, it could get worse. That's true. It could get worse. And you, yeah, you can reject something. But what if you? How long of a time do you have to reject it? Well, you might just be like, "Hey, I'm Ron Popeil here, setting it and forgetting it," and thinking this can go fine, but then this could, could, could take it off the rails. No, I've just been, been SMHing over here this whole time, <laughs> <just> <laughs> shaking my head. I can't believe it. Okay. Something good that Google is doing though for small business owners or business owners in general, they're adding new features to the service area portion of Google My Business. So if you have a business, but you're not necessarily a brick and mortar that people can walk into, that's not a problem. Say you're, you know, a plumber, you work out of your home, but really you're servicing a whole area. You can set up a Google My Business now very easily. Um, when you go in there, if you're new to Google My Business, there are a set of steps they ask you if you have a static location or not. And if you don't, it's very easy to set things up. If you're already in there, you can go in and change things now too. There are, um, again, new service area specific settings that you can go in there and change. So if that's not something that you have used before, but it matters to you, go in and, and check it out. Yeah, and I just can't wait for all the spam that people are going to do with this now (laughs) because when you have a physical location, you can't really mess with that. There was a bunch of stuff people did with Regis back in the day that that did work. But now you're like, oh, yeah, my service area? Like, yeah, I'm Omaha Steaks, but I I serve everyone, right? Like, no, you're Omaha. You only ship to Omaha. Steaks. 
snakes. <laughs> I don't know. I no, but you know, I, in reality, I could see people saying, yeah, we serve everywhere just to try to get more traffic, especially um, if it's maybe not as competitive in the service industry. So I would hope that Google would correct for that somehow that they're, they're paying attention to this, but excellent point. Okay, next up from TechCrunch, Twitter is testing an original tweeter tag to distinguish who started a thread. Apparently, seeing who tweeted first was hard, and so now there's a little gray original tweeter, or hashtag OT, as I'd like to call it. <laughs> You're the OT of this thread, <laughs> and now you can see uh, who was the original tweeter, because that's a thing. That's how, that's how, uh, how much help we need these days. Well, it's cute. So, right. I appreciate that. I mean, people like my dad maybe need that because he doesn't know how to use Twitter. <laughs> oh, who's the original tweeter here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> put my monocle back in and see who this is. Do you know that song, um, Original Prankster by Offspring? Yes. And they're like, original prankster in the dumb voice. I've been singing since I read this last night. I've been <laughs> singing it with original tweeter. like really stupid in my head. Well, we need a parody song now, folks. Original so. tweeter. Get on the Twitter. <laughs> I don't know. That's just how my brain works. Okay. Expanding. This is, I'm just going to read the headline. Just go right into it. Expanding advertiser access to 15-second non-skippable video ads. You heard it right. That little gem of a slot that used to be available only on YouTube's or only with YouTube's reservation service is now available for everybody. So you can get in. They're rolling this out slowly within the next couple of weeks, so don't panic if you don't have it yet. But if you ever wanted to have that 15-second non-skippable slot on YouTube for your ads, uh, you can now. Awesome. And one note is this is on a CPM basis. So just because you have access to it now <laughs> doesn't mean it should be exclusively what you use. Check and test, folks, and see what works for you. Always. And next up, Google may break ad blockers with an upcoming Chrome change. And Google has a plan to improve, quote, the Chrome web browser and has triggered an explosion of concern that could cripple some extensions. And again, one of the main points in the improvement of Chrome is to help stop some malicious things. But in doing so, they may start blocking many things that are already blockers. So I know that one of the biggest um, extensions out there that could be blocked is uBlock. Um, Origin is one. Also, Ghostery, which, which I'm a fan of. Um, other password managers, so on and so forth. So people are kind of up at arms because yeah, it would make sense that you block ad blockers if you get your revenue from ads. And then, then they're only going to block the really malicious ones that they've said is malicious. And then who are you to say what's malicious? And it's a whole big hypocritical circle. Man, well, I'll tell you what's not malicious. They referenced in here, which I didn't know existed, maybe you did, the Chrome extension Make America Kitties Again, where they swap out pictures, <laughs> apparently, of Trump with kittens. I think it's amazing. I think we should just have a Chrome extension or, or just have the internet have an option that you just toggle on and off that swaps out every image for kittens. Anything that's not a cat, just swap it in for kittens. That's not bad. I think that would make the internet better. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> While we're talking about <laughs> ways to improve things. Okay. It just made me sad. I remember when Chrome first came out, it was great. And now you get people like Corsair tweeting all these these funny jokes about Chrome just crushing your memory and... and mm -hmm. They're talking about blocking the blockers now. It's a sad day. I got I to gotta start using a different browser. Does that qualify as an adult business meme? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I just blocked myself on LinkedIn ads. Gosh darn it. <laughs> okay. Uh, real quick here. 
Facebook is making some updates to better handle pages that violate its policies. They are making pages, quote, more transparent and accountable. They're going to basically, if you have, um, if you're a repeat offender or you have duplicate pages or false content, they're cracking down. If you're a page manager and you're worried that some content has been removed from your page or something like that, they have a new tab when you log in that you can look. I mean, if you're if you're out there being fake or rude or malicious, just just stop it. But if this applies to you, check the show notes, read all about it. I don't know. I feel like our listeners are yeah. more savory than that. I just feel like it's it, I, really. I feel like everybody <laughs> now in America is like their own truth that doesn't matter <laughs> about what science is, and it's like this is what it's going to be. Uh, okay, now now we're we're going to verify what's real. This is what we've come to. Like if they're, and then here's the other thing, like. What about memes? Most of these memes are like made up jokes. So you'd have to verify that. It's like, hey, that's not true. That's not really Mark Zuckerberg's Berg's head on that meme, you know, like whatever. Oh, <clears throat> okay. No. Well, that brings us to this week's WTH. WTH. And this week's WTH comes from TechCrunch. And the name of the article is Facebook is secretly building LOL, comma, a cringy teen meme hub and meme hub usually sounds good but according to TechCrunch, multiple sources can confirm that facebook has spent months building lol a special feed of funny video and gif like clips there are categories like for you animals fails pranks and more these are pulled from newsfeed posts by some of the top meme pages on Facebook. <laughs> this is news. What is this? <laughs> it's current LOL is currently in private beta with around 100 high school students. That's a small number. Who signed a non-disclosure agreement with parental consent <laughs> to do focus groups and one-on-one testing with Facebook staff. Ew. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, you're getting rounding up a hundred high schoolers talking to their parents and doing one on ones about your LOL meme hub. I mean, do you think those kids even feel cool about it? Because the kids aren't on Facebook anymore, right? Yeah, but I, I, I don't know. And then also, can't you automate this somehow and be like, hey, if there's anybody on Facebook in this age group, like, <laughs> they like these memes? Like, what do you need to do? What, like, what is happening? Is anybody out there? <laughs> Please. Okay. Uh. LOL could also soak up some of the low quality videos that Facebook has scrubbed out of the newsfeed, according to TechCrunch. And they did that a year ago. And the hope was to decrease the zombie-like passive viewing that can hurt people's well-being, again, according to TechCrunch. So that zombie-like viewing, just go to LOL <laughs> and DIE, I guess. <laughs> like, what are you, what's happening? <laughs> So I don't know. This is a terrible idea. It's just super creepy. You're like, hey, here's 100 high schoolers. I talk to their parents and do one-on-ones about memes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I don't like it at all. It doesn't make any sense. I like, too, that it said the content, one of the possible downsides is the, the content on LOL is sometimes weeks old. And so meme-obsessed teens might have seen it before. But I'm just laughing because, Greg, I mean, we as an office discovered the ye thing like a year ago. And apparently it's been around since like 2012. So maybe we would use LOL. I also picture these people that they're like these zombies. Like, then they just need like the freshest, dankest memes to like <laughs> consume. And they're like, oh, it's weeks old. I can't do this. Like, Aww. it's just ridiculous. Eat your brains for breakfast. Okay. And that does it for the WTH and brings us to this week's cool tool. Cool tool. This week's cool tool comes from Google. 
and more specifically, the at Google Analytics Twitter handle that announced, you've asked, we listened. The Google Tag Manager course on Analytics Academy is back. So what you have back, folks, is Google Tag Manager Fundamentals. And it is a certification that you can now get on Analytics Academy. You do have to register. You got to give some information. But this is just a great learning resource, a tool, and a resume builder for folks that are looking to increase their skill set. So again, that is back, the Google Tag Manager Fundamentals. And there's a really cute gif that somebody replied to the the tweet with it's a cat with sunglasses for anyone that's not watching and he puts the sunglasses on and it says sounds good to me <laughs> making the internet better one cat gif at a time maybe we'll find it on lol in a couple weeks <laughs> all right and that brings us to this re- week's must read marketing article of the week an article so in depth so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in detail on this show this week's article comes from diana ford over on Search Engine Land, and the name of the article is 25 Tools to Streamline YouTube SEO Optimization. And Diana runs through a variety of different categories of YouTube optimization, video pre-production, analyzing yours and your competitors' channels, snagging competitor tags, video post-production, polishing off the video, optimizing the video, video prioritization, so on and so forth. (laughs) It is fantastic. There are 25 tools that if you're doing YouTube, you will likely find something here that can help you on your ventures. So thank you, Diana. And that does it for today's show. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from the show on marketingoclock.com. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock. If today's show was of value to you, please subscribe, leave a review, or share with a colleague. If you are looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. Welcome to Shooting the Hack, where after our Friday shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. All right. On this week's Shooting the Hack... I've got some tips for surviving a trip to Boston. Okay. Surviving? You say that like like you almost didn't make it out. Okay. Renaming this segment on the fly. <laughs> tips for thriving on your next trip to Boston. I like that. Much All more right. positive. Thank you. <laughs> and first off, the tip that I had is, and I, and I went to Boston for like one night because everything was canceled. <laughs> I got in late, left late, everything was delayed. So that's a first that's a first tip, a new tip. Don't travel in the northeast in winter. Fair. Excellent. Just okay. broad tip. Yes. Just made that one up on the fly right there. It's good. Second tip. I thought that Boston was south of like the Buffalo area where we are. Turns out Boston is super cold. Mm-hmm. I went to Boston and it was like three degrees <laughs> with a negative sixteen degree wind chill. And I came back here and it was like 40. Well, it was like 10 while you were gone. It wasn't three, but it did like swing up to 40 on the day you returned. So that's not fair. Know. Also, Boston's like on the water, right? It's on the ocean. I can't confirm what you're saying right now. <laughs> I just know how cold it was. <laughs> and like that's negative 16. Usually I think that's like a, a bunch of baloney. Mm. 
but I was <laughs> walking across this bridge and I had these four year olds and they turned into like little like push pops by the time they were done. <laughs> it, it was, I, I figured out where the wind chill is. It's, it's on a, on a open air Boston bridge. Mm, that That's must where be where the they measure. They do all yeah. their wind chill measurements. Yeah, there's a guy out there a guy. frozen black ice taking measurements. <laughs> So that's one thing, colder than expected. Mm. And I have a new appreciation for Buffalo. I was going to say, that's saying something coming from a, a Buffalonian, a Western New Yorker, to say that yeah. something's cold. So take <laughs> Second, note. Kids these days, they <laughs> don't care about real life experiences, I've learned. Oh. And when you go to a Boston Celtics game, that's what we, we did. We were up in these nosebleeds. People, they, the, the real experience is what you put out on Snapchat. And I watched these people not watching the game whatsoever, and they just kept taking pictures of themselves at the game and typing and sending and typing and looking and sending and typing and looking, but you don't look at the game. So if you go to Boston Celtics game, you just need to have, I mean, you should probably hire your own photographer Ooh. to document you at the game, because that's more important than the game itself. I, what kind of filters did these people have? Like, the could you see their screens? Did they have like the hearts and the shiny faces? And like, I'm doing basketball. I don't know. They just did the weird thing where they weren't putting their like faces. And I was trying, mm. I, like, I'm trying not to be a super creep, but it was very interesting to me. And they're like kind of just doing that side thing where you got half of a face and Ugh. there's like a little bit of a court and you get to kind of like see other people and stuff. So that's what you do. And then people know that you went to a basketball game. I guess. I don't. <clears throat> okay. <sighs> Next up. It was cold, as I mentioned before, <laughs> no. and so we're waiting for for a train, and it was it was pretty windy, and we we're like kind of huddle off, and there's somebody there that was like not they're like immune to the wind. And I look, and, <laughs> and there's a little patch on their sleeve, and it said like Arctic program, and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a person of significance, <laughs> and I'm like, this person is this is 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 an explorer. No. It's like Leif Erikson or something. <laughs> Is that, is that an explorer? That's like the Viking, Viking guy, yeah, right? They, yeah, she, totally. This woman was basically Leif Erikson incarnated. <laughs> explorer program. And I was like, oh, man, I should go see what they explore. Next person. Same little patch there. Uh -huh. oh, maybe it's the combo. It turns out that one out of six people in Boston <laughs> wear something called Canadian Goose Explorer Program. <laughs> And I had no idea that this was like a thing because I am, you know, again, fashionable fin is, is, is it just doesn't exist. Oh my God. Did but, you do a study? One out of six? We were doing it. We're sitting there eating, we're eating breakfast. And I'm like, how many of these explorers are there in this town? And like, it was like one out of like six people. We're like, oh. I'm like, there might, there will, what, there will probably see one more explorer. And there were like, I think we hit 12. We hit like a dozen explorers. <laughs> they're not explorers. It's like a brand. You've never seen yeah, that before? It, it, it's, a, it's a brand. Yeah. But I, they're, they're explorers to me. And I, I just, just fashion. That's, that's what you do. You want to go to Boston? It's like a, a passport. You get, oh, you get a Canadian explorer code. You get in the explorer program. Yes. It's like a North Face in Buffalo. I, I, yeah, I don't even know about that. I think that's the okay. thing. Cool. <laughs> Another thing, if you want to thrive, don't smile. <laughs> <laughs> People, people didn't let. They, you don't smile. You, you it, it's, it's not, not welcome there. Do <laughs> I don't know. Mean? I kids run around the airport and they're like laughing and stuff, and I'm just like laughing. And maybe it's just because it was so bitterly cold. Yeah. But people, you, there's not a lot of smiling there. So just get it all out of the way early. I just oh no. Man, I don't know. I mean, I was there like a couple months ago, and I, I didn't really notice people not smiling. But I wasn't walking around super smiley either because it was flipping freezing even back then. But wait, really, you think people just don't smile? Were people friendly to you though, like in interactions? Um, 
No. <laughs> it's because you're not in the Explorer program. Yeah, and I'm, I'm an outsider here. I don't, I don't have these skill sets that other folks have. That's the problem. I guess. But may, I Aww. mean, let, well, give them the benefit of the doubt. Maybe they were just, just, just their faces were frozen That's from, from the minus They were trying 16. to smile. They were probably smizing at you, smiling with their oh, eyes. Oh, smizing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. little uh, Tyra Banks action. Is that from her? I think she invented it. Oh, I don't really like her. Oh. Well, I don't dislike her, but she I also invented like Tooch. What is a Tooch? Oh, that'll be on the next show. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and that does it. We have for this week's shooting act. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs>